everyone. Welcome back to Threat Level Podcast, the podcast where we talk about The Office. Today, we have the full table with us. Um, I'm Madison. I have Subi. Hello. Jamie. Hello. Bethany. Hello. And Justin. I am the fourth leg of the table. <laughs> Wait, there are five legs. That's, there's five of them. <laughs> One of us has to be the body of the table. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so today we are back talking about The Office. All five of us are on an episode together, which has not happened in a long time. Yep. So for today's episode, we're talking about season five, episode 20, New Boss. So for the icebreaker today, um, Michael does a dramatic quit at the end of the episode. So we're going to discuss our our most empowering quitting <laughs> story, even if they're only subpar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like we should leave Bethany's for last because she's very excited to talk. I'm about not. It. I'm really not. <laughs> <laughs> is she talking about her own story or someone else's? No, is the question. <laughs> school. Oh, you know which one I'm going to talk about? <laughs> yes, I know which one you're going to talk oh. about. <laughs> <laughs> Have I told this before? <laughs> <laughs> we will know when we hear it. <laughs> All right. Well, who would like to go first? I think I should go first because I don't have a good one. <laughs> no, okay. you don't. I just stopped. Working at Taco Bell, I was like, all right, guys, I'll, uh, I can quit. Um, how much longer do you want me to work here? They're like, eh, maybe three weeks. Sort of. Okay. Did you go back for three weeks? Yeah. Oh, that's very nice of you. Well, <laughs> yeah, if you agree on three weeks, I hope you're going to go back. But I mean, it's Taco Bell, and he was going to med school afterwards. Like, wow. There's still no reason you can't cut your losses with Taco Bell. You never know. <laughs> that could have been a good <laughs> reference. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Seriously. <laughs> um, okay, I'll go next because mine is also trash. Um, I don't have really a good quitting story. I think my most interesting quitting story is the time I didn't quit, um, which he's is still, no. He still works at Hot Topic. <laughs> Not no, Hot Topic. Target. Hot Topic. I did actually quit, but Target. I went on an academic leave for the semester or year. And then it's been 10 years and I don't, <laughs> I occasionally still receive like retirement info from oh Target. <laughs> You're just going to work at Target forever. Right. So I'm like, can I just walk in and be like, hey guys, what's up? I know they took away my discount and stuff, but. Oh, can you still use your discount? Yeah. A lot of people at the Hyatt kind of did a similar thing where they were like, oh, we're going to like be back. Like Bethany wants to study abroad and she was like i'm gonna be back and then like so we got benefits at like staying at the hyatt yeah yeah um, and then she just never went back <laughs> <laughs> whoops yeah i guess technically i still work at the hyatt too see well that's pretty cool i'm glad i'm not the only one who still technically works at some random institution <laughs> yeah i hope it doesn't like like <clears throat> 60 years old you don't get like below from target and it's like you owe three thousand dollars in past uh in liabilities past liabilities <laughs> capital and asset okay <laughs> i was just saying i was like i was never getting insurance from them so it can't be that like yeah. i'm sure paying? you weren't committing like not committing submitting to like a retirement fund or anything at target <laughs> oh yeah i don't think i was no probably not uh, i'll go next i have i have two quitting stories that are are both pretty good. Um, my first one was I quit working in retail the day before Black Friday. So <laughs> like <laughs> my last day working at Kohl's was like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. This was back when they were actually closed on Thanksgiving. And like my last day was technically supposed to be Black Friday, but I told them that I was not working that day because my goal had been to get out of retail before I had to work another Black Friday in retail. Um, so that was when I was living in Indiana. And then when I quit the job that I got in Indiana, for 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 leaving Coles, I had three weeks notice to quit my job and move out of state for the new job. So that was kind of an exciting one too. Yeah, I always enjoyed Black Fridays working at Coles because we would all dress up in black, like fancy clothes. <laughs> we would, and there was like food to eat every like. I don't know. It was fun. Mm -hmm. I had a good time. I liked I working know. Black Friday too. I did it a couple times at the mall, and then I also did. Uh, Target once, and it was chaos, but it was fun. Target would be chaos. Kohl's was never really, like, chaotic. It wasn't, like, the co-workers that I didn't like working with on Black Friday. It was the shoppers. Oh, well, yeah. Terrible. <laughs> but it's fun. You can witness the chaos without being really a part of it. 
But you have to be a part of it because you have to go around cleaning up after them afterwards. <laughs> well, true. Sure. I think like the days that you know that it's going to be like super busy, like those are, I think, fun to get through. Like you can only you can only serve so many customers in a day. Like those eight hours are going to pass yeah. just like it would any other day. You're going to serve the same amount of time, and like yeah, it's more difficult on days that it's busy. But it like if you go into it knowing like today is going to be filled with customers, then I think like it gearing your expectations makes it so that you can enjoy things like, you know, we're a team in the trenches. Yeah, you can yeah. drink like yeah. our energy and just. <laughs> True, yeah. I don't know. I just prefer my working it from home exclusively <laughs> lifestyle, <laughs> never talking to anyone. It's <laughs> fair. Maybe I'm just too antisocial for retail. Uh, when I left the Hyatt, um, which was, uh, so I worked there for four years and um, it was the summer going into like I, I was in college for three of those four years. And uh, so it's like the summer going into my fall semester. And I told them that like, hey, in a month I'll have classes. And so like I can't work on these days because I had my class schedule. Um, so in my last two weeks, uh, the end of one of the weeks overlapped with the beginning of my class like the beginning of the semester. So mm -hmm. I said like, okay, these are my two weeks. And then the schedule comes out for the second week. And he put me on, on my last day overlapping one of my classes. And I was like, dude, I'm not going to work. <laughs> right. Over, like instead of going to class, my last day here, like I won't even work they here did it on purpose Cause they were super salty that he put in his two weeks. Yeah. yeah. They were just being spiteful about it. And so like, he called me and he was like, yeah, I'm going to need you to come in. I'm like, I'm not coming in. And then like we got into like a shouting match on the phone. And oh uh, that was the end of me being able to buy it for a reference for four years of work. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's so shitty. That is shitty. <laughs> yeah, they didn't even like talk to him or say nothing. It was they were so angry. Yeah. That he was in. I mean, like. No like, do you think you're gonna work there for the rest of your life when it's a college student? Like, come on. <laughs> you do in hotels. Like, the the better you do, the more they take advantage of you. And as soon as you say you want out, like, that's you're done. You're you're dead, dead to, to them. them. You're dead. Yeah. Um, I don't have any cool quitting stories myself. I was always very. I felt really good when I quit the Hyatt. Oh, I guess I didn't quit. <laughs> that's why you felt good <laughs> when i when i fled to france uh <laughs> never to return to the hyatt again um and then leaving the library well leaving the branch like both branches of the library that i left was awful and terrible and i cried like the entire two weeks because i didn't want to leave um, but <laughs> in my high school uh worked at the county market grocery store and <laughs> I don't know why he quit. I think he, they were just bringing him down. Mm. You know, he didn't like to. He didn't like rules. I don't think. So he lit up a cigarette in the middle of the store and quit. <laughs> <laughs> he's also well. He's also the person that like in high school they were. The principal was like, "You can either take a shower or you can't come back to school." What? <laughs> and they had to have like a really serious talk about it. And he quit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he quit <laughs> and he dropped out. That is pretty crazy. I mean, uh, it's really badass. Yeah. Well, the best thing he could think of. Yeah, I guess so. I heard that story. I stopped showering. <laughs> In solidarity. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of not showering, um, that in no way brings us to this but let's start our discussion of season five episode 20 new boss so this Where episode is fully showered fully showered this episode oh. originally aired on march 19th 2009 and in case we're wondering was written by lee eisenberg and gene stepnitsky and was directed by paul Feig? Feig? Feig. Whoa. So let's <laughs> let's move on and let's talk about the the episode then. The cold okay. open. Just a continuation ultimately of the episode, I guess. But yes. um, we have the uh, attempt to plan out Michael's fifteenth uh year anniversary at the at the company. 
there are some jokes or there are some times where we are meant to believe that Michael is dumber than any human yeah. could possibly be. And like <laughs> those jokes I think are not fun to watch. Well, <laughs> are they the most cringeworthy ones? I don't even, I wouldn't even say it's cringeworthy. Just like, I can't suspend my disbelief that far to believe mm. that Michael Scott would fall for this. Like Jim mm. is wearing a tuxedo. So he's going to believe everything Jim says over what Dwight says. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, like him driving into a lake. Like, I'm not going to believe that he's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That... I don't think that it's even like much about the tuxedo. I think he would, he would listen to Jim over Dwight any day. Yeah, sure. that's kind of what I was thinking when I was watching it. It's like, well, it wouldn't really matter that Jim was wearing a tux, like because mm -hmm. Michael just kind of idolizes Jim and would mm -hmm. agree with him mm -hmm. regardless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also like, though, that Dwight makes like a slight attempt to make his stuff classy when he's like, classy <laughs> Cal music. <laughs> <laughs> he's a regular peanut. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about uh, our new vice president of whatever. Idris Elba. <laughs> Charles Minor. Yep. Charles Minor. I barely know her. Yeah. I just like the silence after that. Are you Excellent character. Like one of my all-time favorite office characters. <laughs> you just like him because he hates Jim. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the the Jim hate in like that situation was a bit intense, I have to say. I don't know. It was the right I get it. I don't know where it comes from. Like, I understand hating Jim wants to know Jim is to hate Jim. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you don't get to hate Jim because you never put in the time. Yeah, your hate, your hatred is not as valid as my hatred. <laughs> he, he's a prodigy, you know? He's like, you know. Like... I feel like his hatred of Jim isn't so much a hatred of Jim so much as like he just doesn't trust him to be a good employee because he's clearly like a screw off is kind of like the impression hatred of Jim yeah. comes in all shapes and flavors. well it's not really a hatred if you ask Charles Minor do you hate Jim he's not gonna say yes <laughs> I don't know. Just a bad first impression and then just continues to tack it on and tack it yeah. on He's like always a dick to Jim. Even at the company picnic he's super mean to him. Yeah. yeah. They never mens. Jim never corrects that terrible first impression. Uh -huh. He tries to, and he makes it worse. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm a smart guy. <laughs> Couldn't he have just taken off his suit coat? Like, did he have to just, just take it off, roll your sleeves up, you're right. fine. Yeah, like take your bow tie off, unbutton a couple of buttons, you know. You know, run your fingers through your hair, shake it out. That's it, that's it. Go to the bathroom, take a wet paper towel, try to get some of the crusted gel out of your hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I literally don't understand what motivates Charles Minor. Like what is your angle here? Like why are you like it's it's almost like he was hired as this like emergency like put out all the fires in our company. Yeah. Uh, but he comes in with like such a like he's pretending to be nice to the employees and then he's like a super big jerk to Jim and then that continues into the company picnic. And like, I just don't know, like, do you think you're better than everyone? Or do you think that like, these people are incompetent? Like, I don't understand. No, I just think what... it was a corporate like tactic. Cause they're probably like, we're leading up to the company, just like closing down altogether or whatever, buying Sabre, Sabre. Um, and I think that's just like, they're like, we need to get something done now to like put the fear in these people. Yeah. And so you send this guy who is like, not a personable person like he's not coming to be like to be supportive of the branches and so you send him to your best performing branch which like they know yeah that's true to like what crack the whip well i think he's going to every branch because he does say like right. i buy lunch for everyone for yeah. every branch i go to so i think he's yeah, just he's making the rounds parties well, huh? i think I think they hired him because they knew he would be like a very strict manager who would try to get all of the employees to be performing at their like most productive so that they could lose like the least amount of people and get the most amount of sales out of his performance. He doesn't care. He's not there to care about them or really to even care about the company so much as just to care about their job performance and to get them working like robots. Yeah. I just tell you that my biggest hatred ever is when a new boss comes in and just starts doing like yeah. they have a vision and they just start changing <laughs> things around mm -hmm. without like getting to know anybody or like get, <laughs> getting to see how things work. Yeah. 
Ooh, do I hate it? Yeah. <laughs> that's not how you get respect. And that's how you get egg on your face. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and well, I think like the biggest, uh, the biggest like wrench in the gears of this picture of Charles, like being the person who comes in to like get the ship right is when David Wallace comes in and Charles turns out to be like this, like, like the, the, the dynamic between him and David Wallace is Charles wants David Wallace to think that he is more like Michael Scott, that he is like more, you know, I care about these employees and like, they're important to me. But like when David Wallace leaves, he goes back to being a jerk. And I just don't know in mm -hmm. Miner's mind, Charles Miner why are you so mean? Is the Dwight in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's the dick. Wait, what do you mean he's the Dwight? Because when David Wallace comes to the branch, he's like ass kissing and yeah. like, and then that's when Jim makes the disgusting kissing noise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to to me though, like in the beginning of the episode, there's nothing necessarily inherently mean about Charles Minor. He comes in to do his job, but then imagine being that person who has to come in and do this job. You've probably been to a bunch of branches where people are just like respectful and normal. You suddenly get to this one. It's a fucking disaster. And people are like, you know, being very bizarre to you. Like, first of all, there's Jim, which, you know, that's fine. But then Michael Scott, of course, becomes immediately defensive about everything. Oh Even worse when he finds out that he was not in paper. Uh, and... You know, also, he's just trying to, like, you know, ask him personal questions and... It's and just... introducing the staff in a terrible way. Yeah, exactly. Like, imagine... And, like, <laughs> Michael has a complete breakdown and just starts playing, like, the copycat game. <laughs> I know. Well, I love that everyone immediately is like, oh, no. Oh, no. Michael. Uh, but, like, the first thing Michael Scott does is make a bunch of sea bagels, which... <laughs> Great idea. Side note, great idea. Um, the sea, so you, like turning the bagels into seas would make all these little like bagel bits. I know. What do you think? Oh, yeah, the bagel bits. Bagel bits. Yeah, those bagel bits would be like put them in a cup and sell mm. them. No, he absolutely <laughs> just threw them out. Let's not be ridiculous. Yeah. I think he, he probably didn't even make the sandwiches until after he had cut the seas out of the bagel. Save <laughs> <laughs> them to feed the birds on a sad day. <laughs> He doesn't see bagels, and Charles Minor is like, what? Like, he's like, this is real dumb. I mean, and, yeah. in his defense, it is real dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ever, like, eat bagels by, like, tearing off the, like, a bit of the bagel and using it as, like, a tortilla with the, the cream cheese? Yeah. You guys do that? Oh, I mean, yeah. it's right. been done. Like, dipping a bit in the cream cheese? Yeah. Yeah. That's All good. Right. So that's what you do is you serve the bagel bits in a cup and then like a little wide cup of like cream cheese. Yeah. I mean, if somebody just cut a chunk of my bagel out before they gave it to me, I would just be pissed that I can get the whole bagel. <laughs> yeah, same. Like, I know. And like if, if it's a C, it doesn't have like the the integrity, you know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. It fall like, apart. Just, yeah. It's like somebody already took a giant bite out of my sandwich. Exactly. Yeah, oh, Michael. And no, Michael, he probably did it with like a pair of scissors or something that he'd like trimmed his pubes with or something. <laughs> Why? Little black hairs in the cream. <laughs> Maybe this is why he doesn't like the branch so much. <laughs> like I'm on his team for now, but I do hate that he's so mean to Jim. I think it's, I think it's overkill. Oh, oh I see. Even his... I think Jim earned the hate in this episode. Okay. For being right. We're all kind of coming around to the. He might have no, earned disrespect, but like, hey. okay, yeah, and in episodes to come. And he tries to act like such a suck up by being like not only knowing True. he's dressed in a tux, but oh, by going great. up and trying to talk to Charles twice yeah. to be like, oh, I. I'm the best sales and and, sell, and uh, throwing uh, Dwight under the and bus. Throwing Dwight under the bus. I didn't care about that. Classic. <laughs> salesperson. He What's says, it? I'm a pretty smart guy. And I think if you got the chance to know me, like, I hate Jim. That's no secret. But like, was Jim really the a-hole here? For no, coming definitely in to not. be like, sorry, Charles, let's get off on the right foot here. And for Charles to like throw that back in Jim's face for no reason. Yeah, there was I don't no redeeming himself. 
See, in my opinion, Jim's best move this episode was to lay low, to not make any conversation with Charles while he's wearing the tux, and he tries to do it twice after it doesn't work the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. to talk to him in the next episode without the tux, and it's still like, he's back in his normal clothes. Like, because he already ruined his impression yeah. of Charles by talking to him in the tux. It's a little childish of Ch Charles Minor. I agree. <laughs> Like, what is your end goal here? Do you want to like fire the boss, fire the best salesman, fire the uh, so like Dwight? You're okay with, so we're not going to fire Dwight. But like everybody else is is in danger here. Like of the best performing branch in Scranton, and that is like my or the best performing branch in the company. Like you should be going here and being like, what's going right here, and how can we bring that to other branches? Like, Instead it doesn't of make making a good Dwight boss. wear a long sleeve shirt just because he can, because he's a micromanager. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Oh, I hate that. That's my, you work in an office. Why do you, why does it matter? Right. When he goes out to make a sale, he puts a suit coat on. Yeah. True. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. He's also, I just, the mentality that you're less likely to make a sale wearing short sleeves versus long sleeves is huh. just bullshit, because like, it's not true. <laughs> I can't imagine it is, yeah. So, Charles Minor. Um, so, that's Charles Minor and all of our collective opinions on him. <laughs> and that's pretty much, like, I guess, like, the other part of the story is that the the some of the women in the office are fawning over him. <laughs> oh, I love Angela. And oh, how, my like, gosh. She's, she's so hot for him. <laughs> she is. From, like, the first time she sees him, she's, like, she's getting the vapors. Like, oh, oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I like it. Oh, go ahead. No, good. You go ahead. Okay. Uh, I like that scene where she's like, <clears throat> Kelly's like getting ready in the <laughs> in the uh, break room, and she's like, it's totally worth it, you guys. And Phyllis is like, it's just me here. <laughs> <laughs> and then when Phyllis is like, I think he left, and she just like goes what, <laughs> and runs out into the parking lot like a crazy person into the oh. rain. And I love that Angela's out there too, like. Out there too. Charles? Did she steal Charles's scarf just okay. so she'd have an excuse to go and track oh, him down? That's a good move. Charles doesn't seem like the type to leave anything behind. No, I definitely think Angela stole it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Also, I love a rainy day episode. Just putting that out there. Yeah. <laughs> a rainy day, and we didn't hear any of Phyllis's rainy day things. Oh, yeah. I love, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but. It's something I hear every day at the library when old ladies come in, like the exact same thing. <laughs> Do you have a checklist? <laughs> I, should, I should start bringing like a bingo sheet. Yeah. <laughs> Rainy day bingo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But. That's like all that happens in this episode, right? Pretty much. I, I We do have Phyllis. Like, it's worth mentioning that Phyllis is very happy to spill the beans on the party planning committee, oh, right. which oh, yeah. is then yeah. dissolved. <gasps> Yeah. Which is what leads Michael to go to New York City to yeah. speak with David Wallace oh, in person. Yeah. And yeah. leads to his climactic quitting. Mm -hmm. yeah. Man, I don't know. Michael's an, an, like an idiot in this episode. But like that really does suck. Like you put in yeah. 15 years yeah. into a and like that's just that just goes to show you that nobody really cares. Yeah. Right. Like there's somebody that's gonna replace you. Also, like when when David Wallace is like giving in and saying like, okay, well, here's what we're gonna do. Why does Michael get so sad? Does he feel like he's being like patronized or? I, I, I think Michael just kind of doesn't know how to respond to kindness, you know? It's like, he just doesn't quite know how to respond to it. And he just like walks away from it. No, I don't, I don't think that's it. I think it's more like he just realizes in that moment that David Wallace doesn't really care. He's yeah. just saying this to I pacify don't, I don't Michael. Think that's true. Well, that's because that's why he quits. Cause he like, it, like it kind of occurs to him like, well, you're just doing this to shut me up and get me out of your uh, office. So yeah. I quit. Uh, <laughs> like, I think I disagree with that. I think, you think he quit because he doesn't know how to respond to kindness. Yes. <laughs> I think that's what's going yeah. on. <laughs> well, that's not what happened. <laughs> Cause it was wasn't a kindness of David Wallace to do that. He was doing it to pacify Michael. That was the yeah, only reason. That was him being it. kind. He was, no, it was not being kind. Yeah. <laughs> that was not the motivation. <laughs> the motivation was to get Michael out of my office. Okay, fine. You can have your party. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're pushing. Why are you pushing me out of the office? Get, get out of here. Get out of the podcast. <laughs> uh, well, he doesn't say anything about Charles Minor. He doesn't say anything about like, uh, like the. The fact the that he fact dodged that, him all day. Yeah, he dodged him all day. He, you know, hires Charles to uh, not talk to Michael anymore. 
Um, like Michael thinks that he is a like an important part of this company, and he's a close friend of David Wallace's. And David doesn't mention any of that. All he talks about is like the party, yeah. and that David would be there. He just knows that it's like him just throwing him a bone, and it, yeah. after the party, everything will go back to the way it was today. Yeah. Yep. Maybe that's what I think. I think so. I don't know, Subi. I don't know where you. We <laughs> <laughs> don't know where that came. From. I feel like. I'm- like examples of times where Michael couldn't accept kindness. I feel like that's all Michael wants is to I have know. people be kind to him. I don't know, but well, there are some other times when I, I think that. Sumi. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he that's just lights all up with Michael kindness. wants in life is for people to invite him to have him. Kind to him. I don't know. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, it is it's- quitting time. And like, <laughs> after work, like he was so excited to go to happy hour with them. True. <laughs> Well, Maybe. let's move this train forward and let's talk about quotes that you may have heard around the water cooler. All of my quotes are from Michael. <laughs> I have a single one by anybody else. I just have one quote. Go ahead and say it. He said no figs. Well, I already bought them and I don't have anywhere to store them. <laughs> <laughs> this little hellraiser is Angela. She has slept with a bunch of people in the office. <laughs> I'm thrilled that the new boss has taken such an active interest in all the responsibilities that I'm supposed to have. <laughs> thrilled. <laughs> as ASAP as possible. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a little hypercritical. <laughs> and then Michael's most famous quote, you have no idea how high I can fly. Yeah. <laughs> I liked when Michael said also, truth be told, I think I strive under a lack of accountability. (laughs) Is that it? I think that might be it. Any other ones? I totally forgot that we did quotes. (laughs) Good thing I wrote down a lot. I also like that Michael always uses the expression to get off the horn. I think that's fun. Like, got off the horn with corporate. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) I like it too. (laughs) Um, Cool. So let's talk then about... Trivia? <laughs> one of those. Uh, I have one. Um, oh. What's... Name one other show that um, Idris <laughs> Elbow was on. Who? He's on Law and the Order. The guy who plays Charles Minor. Oh, I didn't know. He, he was, was on Law and Order for a spell, I think. Oh, he, well, okay. I mean, he's Any doing... other shows? The Wire? Yes, The what? Wire. <laughs> I was going to say, do you have an answer to that? <laughs> I think this is the only thing I've ever watched with Idris Elba in it, though. He's been in films, though, right, as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of a single one, but I, I know that they're out there. He's James Bond. Bond. <laughs> I haven't seen any James Bond films Bond ever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've seen anything else with him in it, either. Mm-hmm. Is that but the I, only trivia you have, Subi? Uh, yes. <laughs> Wow. I feel like you made that up on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> he probably did. Um, I have a couple. Okay. Let's see. My first one is, what is the place that Charles Minor used to work, and what's the significance of the name? Sadakoy Steel? Mm-hmm. What's the significance? I don't know, but I love that Michael thought it was his mm-hmm. wife's name. <laughs> <laughs> so Sadakoy is the name of, like, a street or, like, a lot or something that's near the filming set mm. it is the street that the filming set is on oh no, cool. the, it's on Satakoy street in california is where they film oh nice oh. interesting yeah um which means charles made it up yeah oh deal. he just like yeah listed off he just looked at a sign and <laughs> <"Hello>, <laughs> just like he's like michael scotch <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, what was Michael Scott going to eat for lunch that day? Egg sandwich? salad from the vending oh, egg machine. Salad. Yes, Madison, we were looking for vending machine egg salad. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, oh, I also had for a quote, you pet the animals and they pet you back. What is a two-way petting suit? My next trivia question is, what happens to paper if you put it in a furnace? <laughs> What does he say? It's destroyed. Ruin it. You ruin it. It gets ruined. Wrong. (laughs) Um, And what is uh, David Wallace's secretary's name? Stephanie. Nice. (laughs) 
Poor Stephanie having to deal with Michael constantly. <laughs> is she the same one who calls and says, like, I'm going to need a name of somebody you want to fire? Yeah. <laughs> you like, mean, is this, is it the same voice actress? No, that's not the same. Hunter. I think that's not the same, though, because I think this is David Wallace's. I, they have two different assistants, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? I have a couple. Um, what are the two other things that are labeled as classy in the early morning meeting? Hmm. Um, what is it, chocolate covered fruits? Um, well, okay. Ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> of Michael with assorted chocolate covered fruits. There's there's two things in particular that I'm looking for. String quartet playing classy Cal music. <laughs> no, I think that was considered not classy. What I can't remember. I all I wrote down was classy for the reference. I don't remember actually what. Maybe this isn't a good question. The answers were Mr. Peanut and yeah. the opening at a car dealership. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then my other question is: Are what are the sacrifices Michael says he's made for the company? <laughs> having a family. Yes. He's never gone. Uh, crap. What is it? Hang gliding. Hang gliding. Yes. <laughs> And there was one more. Oh, and he never drove his car to the top of Mount, Mount Washington. Washington. Yes, <laughs> I think he might be talking about Mount Rushmore. Yeah, but he could also be talking about Pittsburgh. He that could would, be talking about Pittsburgh. That would make it even more silly because it's not a big deal at all. Um, and also, you can't ride your car to Mount Rushmore. I guess I've never tried. You got me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there could be a road up there. <laughs> That's all I had. I just have one. Uh, in what year was Scranton founded? Oh my gosh. Ooh, 1637. Nope. A little later I, than that. I think 1866. Uh-huh. Yep. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and then in that same scene where everyone's crowded in the break room, what is the only thing sitting on the table in the middle of them all? Damn it, Jamie. What? Mm-hmm. Wait. The scene where everyone's in the break room mm-hmm. with like talking about the history yeah there's one thing sitting on the table is it a bagel sandwich it is not (laughs) a bucket no Uh, (laughs) no (laughs) it's a napkin holder oh (laughs) (laughs) ask the question is there a napkin holder on a deck and the last question is also a detail one. What brand is the television that's in the break room behind Michael? Yeah, in the opening scene? Oh my god! <laughs> I thought I need to get you know that old inspiration back. Yeah. Is it a Phillips? It is not a Phillips. Isn't Phillips make screwdrivers? Sony. I just looked over at my TV and named whatever it was, and it's Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> no. JBC. Was it an Apple TV? Say that again, Subi. J- JVC is that a TV company? It's J something C. I have wrote JNC, but yes. I think I think JVC is a TV company. Okay, it must be JVC then. Maybe like an N over it, so they didn't have to pay. Oh, like, maybe. So yeah, yeah, it is. J- cool. Look at that. Jamie, did you get your own trivia question wrong? <laughs> oh, wow. I swear in the scene it looks like JNC, so maybe For it's the like first time ever. maybe it's like <laughs> yeah, maybe it is the th- the ca- the case that they didn't want to have to like pay for it. Yeah, but, maybe. But cool. So is that all of our trivia? All okay. of mine were taken. Aww. Aww. Um then let's move on to Dundies. Who deserves the Dundee this round? I'm giving my Dundee to Michael for flying high at the end of the episode. Aww. And I'll give my Dundee to Charles Minor for bringing down <laughs> Jim. Bringing down yeah. Jim. <laughs> um, I'm also going to give a Dundee to Michael. Just felt for He was annoying in this episode, but overall I felt bad for him. Yeah. I was also giving the throw up the horns Dundee to Michael. <laughs> Throwing up the horns and walking out. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to give the uh, classy Dundee to Michael as well for <laughs> giving his two weeks and not just, you know, completely walking out. <laughs> not being day class A. Not being day class A. Um, good. So lots of Michael and then one <laughs> in support of Charles. Uh, I guess that brings us to ratings. What are we feeling about this episode I want to give it a three and a half out of five uh, chairs thrown out of despair. Uh, (laughs) That was so good. Yeah. I think like, I really, like, I didn't think it was 
a super funny episode and honestly like it uses my least favorite like storytelling technique where people are just like too awkward to talk to each other like this whole episode is just waiting for like um uh um like i like there we need to talk and i'm not gonna do it and like yeah. I hate it. um but i think like the episode had like this really cool build-up like it was really like it just built more and more tension until it exploded when michael scott started like repeating him <laughs> yeah i oh is that it i think it was well crafted but not super funny fair i hate this episode i'm giving it a one out of five in pennsylvania um, <laughs> is it because michael quits and you just know that that's a foreshadowing for the future no it just i think I, I, all my laughs this episode were forced like i was like okay i'll laugh i'll give it a, a pity laugh <laughs> but also i'm just like really angry this whole episode because I, I just it just gives me flashbacks to yeah. terrible bosses and i'm just stressed yeah so i hate it it might be my least favorite like time like, like i love get out of my office charles minor yeah i love the michael scott paper company episodes but these leading up to it i don't like too much yeah I'm going to give it a three and a half strippers jumping out of a cake out of five because <laughs> <laughs> I did. Michael was very annoying in this episode, but I love the moment at the end where he quits because I just feel like he earned that moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty decent episode. Um, a lot of good jokes. And like uh, when I, when we don't watch The Office for a while, I forget how funny the show is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. See, we haven't watched it since the last time we recorded. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'll give it a three point five um, C shaped bagels. Nice. Um, I'll go with a. I'm gonna give it a three vending machine sandwiches out of five, for many of the same reasons I've heard. It was. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fine, but I do feel like this situation between uh charles minor and jim for example is a bit forced as well and i don't know well no i'm gonna up it sorry i'm gonna up it to 3.5 just for the final scenes where we have uh angela and kelly running around in the rain <laughs> looking for <laughs> charles minor it's half a point for that <laughs> yeah and that's right. it brings our official threat level podcast score of this episode to three boring c-shaped strippers eating sandwiches and chairs wow that's a great one. damn that's good <laughs> can that be the title of this episode <laughs> it absolutely can yes um yeah that's a that's a reasonable rating for this episode, <clears throat> i think um I agree. all right so uh for everyone that's listening, all of our very loyal fans, that brings us to the end of the episode discussion. However, uh, stick around for what is called Threat Level Podcast After Dark. <laughs> that did work well, yeah. So yeah. for all of I those... had to stick my head under the computer. <laughs> so this is the part of the podcast where we talk about things that we've been doing, thinking about, reading, writing, writing, maybe, Madison. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is my shout out. <laughs> Etc. Um, and we've, um, it's been a while. So in theory, we should have some, uh, some things to shout out. In theory. <laughs> so... I'm going to go first because Jamie right. already hinted at what I will be shouting out. I wrote a book and it was released on January 31st. It is called Lila and Lucas. You can find it online at on Amazon or on Barnes and Noble websites. Nice. Um, it is a fiction book that kind of alternates the point of view from two, the two main characters, Lila and Lucas. Um, it deals a lot with women's issues. Um, it deals a lot with LGBT bullying. Um, there are trigger warnings. It does deal with some like very graphic scenes. So you know if you if you have issues with that, maybe don't read it, but or read with caution. But yes, go check out my book. Congratulations! Congratulations. That's awesome. What made you think of the names? The names like I would have a hard time naming the characters. <laughs> well, the Lila part is named after my cat, <laughs> whose oh. name whose name was Lily. I didn't want to go quite the same, so I chose Lila for my cat Lily, and then I chose Lucas because I wanted there to be like some alliteration in the title. So I was just picked out <laughs> like an L name for a man that I liked. <laughs> there was nice. no real reason for that one. 
So I just opened, uh, I, I flipped open to a random page in the book and I looked at a sentence and it says, the area in Oakland where his mother lived was not exactly classy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So funny. That is true. <laughs> Um, and for the copy that you guys have, and if anyone has purchased it, because I have sold like 15 copies so far, there are a few typos in it still that my aunt cat has been so kind as to point out to me. So I'll be re-uploading. I will be re-uploading a PDF to both websites shortly that have those few typos corrected. I mean, like I appreciate it because now I can get them corrected, but at the same time, it was a little disheartening to have the first person who read my book send me like five typos. <laughs> so like you like, so you just upload a PDF to this, to the website like that, that was your process for publishing it. Like that sounds so cool. <laughs> yeah. So I, that's, this is pretty much what I do for a living is I design books for people who are planning to self publish on Ingram Spark and Barnes and Noble and Amazon. So like doing it that way made a lot more sense because I'm already so familiar with the process. So that is literally what you do for Amazon. It's completely free unless you choose to buy your own ISBN, which I did do because I'm also uploaded it to Ingram Spark to sell it through uh, Barnes and Noble. So you have to buy an, an ISBN for that. Um, but yeah, you just, you design it, it has to be laid out to meet the printer requirements and you upload a PDF of the cover, which has the front, the back and the spine on it. And then it has, you upload a PDF of the interior, all sized for the book and they print it on demand. So like if you go on to Amazon's night and order a copy, they print that copy and send it to you. There's no like nice. bulk amount of them printed and stored anywhere, which is why it's like so cheap or free to do depending on where you go it through. Cause there's no overhead costs for the printer. That's really cool. So yeah, I mean, that's that's what I do for a living too. So if you guys have written a book out there and you want someone to design it, hit me up. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. Excited. I should really finish reading your book, shouldn't I? You should. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess I can shout out another book. <laughs> it was also pretty good. Subi has left the conversation. <laughs> It's also a good book. It's called um, Memoirs of Hadrian. It's a, oh, it's a classy shout out. That's what it is. It's classy. Oh. Um, it's like a, a fictional memoir of this uh, Roman emperor named Hadrian. Um, and it's basically like all, like everything the guy has learned throughout his entire life. And he's, it's basically all of his wisdom and knowledge about the world. And he's like transmitting it to his uh, successor, who's like, uh, I think, Mark Anthony, the other Roman emperor. So these are real people. Yeah, but it's like still like a fictional memoir. Okay. But it's not like an actual memoir that the Guy emperor actually wrote. wrote. Yeah. Okay. And he, uh, go, go ahead. I say, does he talk about his wall that was built? I, <laughs> Adrian's wall? <laughs> uh, yes, I haven't gotten to that part ah, yet. Okay. See, this is very classic Subi where he starts a book and doesn't finish ah, it. Okay. <laughs> he yes. never finished the Robert Moses book either. Yeah, I, know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I got the gist of it. He built a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was very complicated. Uh -huh. um, yeah, and oh, uh, Jamie, it was yeah. originally written in French, so oh. you can read it in the original French. So. Oh, cool. But the translation is also really good. It's like excellent. So. Nice. <laughs> That's always good because you never know with a translation. Sometimes they right. sound really stilted. I, I think the translator for the book, well, at least like the translator to English is like the partner of the author. So. Oh, cool. Very nice. And what was it called again? Memoirs of Hadrian? Yep. Cool. Very nice. Anyone else have a shout out? Um, I'm going to shout out a weird thing uh, that like it really falls outside of like my normal media that I consume. Uh, so like my brother came to visit for a day and he showed us this, like this YouTube series called hot ones. Um, and it's by like this, so this YouTube channel called first we feast and they have this series called hot ones. And it's this guy who brings like celebrities on and they eat like 10, like increasingly spicy hot sauces while he's interviewing the celebrity. So like, yeah, you can watch like him interviewing like, I thought like the Paul Rudd one is awesome. I love the yes, <laughs> the Paul Rudd one. Um, and so like, you know, you he asks like serious questions at the beginning because like you're not really like eating 
super spicy stuff but like by the end it's like it's all they can do to like focus on <laughs> so it's like really like lighthearted questions at the end but like the guy is like a great interviewer and like there's just a huge like um there's so much like work that goes into it and like the people that come on are just so cool the weird thing like to me is that like these like i'm shouting this out as like oh i just you know found this video or this video series and they each have like 51 million views each yeah it's insane Subi and I have watched a bunch of them. I love that the interviewer guy can just like eat these hot wings yeah. and just like show no emotion yeah. most of the time. He's just oh, like, whatever. Mining his stomach, like yeah. still existing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Sh- have you watched the Shia LaBeouf one? I think so. I think yeah, so, yeah. God, he's weird, weird dude. man. He's, <laughs> he's, he's like cartoonishly weird. He's like he's so weird. Yeah. I don't recommend that one. <laughs> I also appreciate the fact that for vegan celebrities, he will make vegan wings for uh-huh. them. Yeah, yeah, Paul Rudd ate vegan wings. Yeah, <clears throat> just a cauliflower, a battered. He's cauliflower. such a good interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys watch the Gordon Ramsay one? No. no. If you have any respect for Gordon Ramsay, you lose all of it. <laughs> <laughs> that episode, it's so Isn't funny. Dying by the second one. Huh. Is his mouth like on fire by the second hot sauce or something? It's not even that. It's just the way he reacts to it. It's just like, <laughs> what the hell's the matter with you? Like, because he, you know, he comes off as like a tough guy on his like uh, cooking shows, but he's just like totally embarrasses himself. Yeah, on. he's like a wimp. Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes showing that you're a wimp is the toughest thing you can do. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 14. I guess I can go <laughs> in that lull. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll do two shout outs. Um, the first one I'm going to do is uh, Sex Education Season 2, which is Ooh. currently on Netflix. And, you know, it only got better. Such a good show. <laughs> um, it's cool not only because it's like a fun, you know, British teen drama, but also because it does do a good job of introducing sort of like different questions about sexuality and things like that that aren't really addressed maybe in other things. So it's very open and inclusive in that way. So that's a lot of fun. There's a lot of LGBT representation, like even from some of the really minority groups. So I like that. Yeah. And uh, Madison and I also discussed this recently on our podcast. So you can check it out. We did. And then the other one I want to shout out is something that I was privileged enough to watch at uh, Bethany and Justin's house when I was there. (laughs) And that is the series, the name of which I have forgotten. But it was the one where they invited old people from uh, oh, yes. musicals to come back to their high school and like reperform the high school musical, That's basically. Uh, what was it called? Nobody remembers what it's called. <laughs> was it called High School Musical? I don't know. No, I don't think they could do that. That's true. But um, it's on Disney Plus, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah. And uh, it was like equal parts of nostalgic and dramatic and some episodes were okay and some were like very good i thought so i would say figure out what the title is on your own and check it out <laughs> working it up and it's taking a criminally long amount of time because there is a show called high school musical on yeah. there, the show yeah the first thing that we started doing was watching the high school musical show and it was terrible by accident why can't I find the name of the show? <laughs> <laughs> Is it called like um, something oh, with an S maybe? One word, right? I think it's one word. I want to say it starts with an S, but oh, every time I say that, it's never yeah. right. So, Yeah, Kristen Bell is weirdly in this show. Like just a talking head at the beginning. And then once she shows up to like interview the cast for a second. Yeah, the in one of the episodes, though. In one of the episodes. The show is called Encore. Encore. See, so it has nothing to do with an S. So. <laughs> <laughs> Encore. Encore. Exclamation point. Did you it, Jamie? I can. I don't have access. But it's... Oh. Well, we, we saw, like, what? Six episodes or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of, like, eight. Yeah, yeah so... Done. Yeah. It was quite good. It was nice. For the next time you come and visit us, we'll finish it up. Sounds good. <laughs> Um, I guess I'll shout out. Or are you done shouting out? I'm done, yep. 
Okay. Um, I've been watching a lot of Korean dramas lately. Oh. Uh, and I just finished one called My Hollow Love, which is <laughs> Netflix right now. And it's ridiculous. <laughs> I love it so much. Express to you how excited I am for Bethany to say the plot of the show. No. <laughs> the best part of, of these shows is like the plots are so creative that I absolutely <laughs> love them. They're they're dramatic to say the least. So what is um, this one? Well, so the main character, uh I forget her name, because I'm terrible with names. Um, her so she experienced a trauma when she was a girl, a little girl, and she has something called face blindness or face blindness, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like an actual thing, but it's not how it's portrayed in the show. Like face blindness, I think, is when you can't like recognize details of somebody's face or you can't remember details of somebody's face. But straight up, like she sees blurs on shoulders, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think that's how actual face blindness is. Anyway, she. <laughs> oh, where do I even start? <laughs> well, she ends up with these glasses, and when she puts the glasses on, uh, a hologram of 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 a very attractive man is is there. <laughs> she ends up like kind of like falling in love with this hologram, but the guy that runs the the guy that ma- created the hologram and kind of like controls the hologram is like he looks just like the hologram, but he's like a bit bitter about love and just. So naturally, you know, I'm sure you can all guess what happens, but <laughs> uh, am I missing something? His mother killed herself. Oh. Um, and you just like major spoilers? No, that's not a spoiler. Oh. Not at all. Um, what else? There's there's other like dramatic, ridiculous things, but the gist is she falls in love with a hologram and <laughs> hijinks ensue. And yet, okay. with when the holog- she sees yeah. the hologram's face. So she ends up seeing the hologram. Oh, that might be a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say <laughs> love cures her face blindness. <laughs> of course it does. Okay. <laughs> it is ridiculous. All that I've watched so far have been like very ridiculous. Also watch Love Alarm on Netflix. It's another Korean drama. It's very good. It's about an app that's created that tells you anybody who's in love with you within a 10 meter ra- radius. Oh, geez. <laughs> 10 meters? Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. So you just have to walk around. Yeah. yeah. You do. You have to walk around with your app. <laughs> Pokemon Go. And yeah, that's exactly what everybody looks like. Everyone's always looking at their phones. Just life, yeah. yeah. Good. Cool. Well, those are some interesting things that our, <laughs> our dear listeners can check out uh, whilst they're waiting for our next episode. Um, and so next time we will be back with season five, episode 21, which is two weeks uh, is the name of it. And Hopefully it doesn't take us three months. To <laughs> Hopefully not. I'll knock on wood preemptively. Um, but yeah, so we'll be back hopefully next week. And if you decide that you want to reach out to us and say, hey, glad to hear you're back, uh, you can do so on <laughs> Twitter at TL underscore or TL low line or whatever I used to say, uh, PCAST. Or you can send us an email at threat level podcast oh, at gmail.com. I think I used to say that because people at some point one of you were like, no, who no, no one knows what an underscore is. No, you always said underscore. No, I did, but at one, listen back to the other episodes if you're here. Okay, I'll I'll do a thorough review. And uh, but yeah, so uh, tune back in next week for new no for two weeks. All right, thanks everyone, and goodbye. Bye. Bye.